The following is a presentation from the MJ Cast, the internet's premier podcast on all things Michael Jackson. You're listening to the MJ Cast by MJ fans or MJ fans. The idea is to uh, innovate, or else why, why am I doing it? When I create my music, I feel like an instrument of nature. You let it create itself, really. I know I do. And I love to entertain. That's, that's one of my favorite things. Welcome to the MJ Cast, your source of news and discussion on the King of Pop. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the MJ Cast. Today's record date is Saturday the 9th of April 2016. I'm Jamin and I'm here with my co-host Q. We've got some really exciting news to get through today. We're going to talk all about Tito Jackson's new single, Get It Baby, Mike Smallcomb's new book, Making Michael, Lady Gaga's 30th birthday party, and an interesting introduction to the Dangerous World Tour that people may not have seen yet. Also, some great news all around Janet Jackson and her future plans. Q, how are you? Good morning. I'm great. Excited to be here. It's going to be a really fun show today. I know. It's. I think it's the first episode of the season where it's just you and I. We're going back to our roots on this one. <laughs> what about maybe? Yeah, was the first episode back, I think, probably just us. No, no. The first episode back had someone on it. I'm sure. I'm sure. Hmm. Hang on. I'm going to the website. I've got to double check. <laughs> Go to the encyclopedia. The MJCast.com. MJCast wiki. What was the first episode? Episode 24? 24 had... No, that had four people. It was me, you, Charles, and Andy. Jiminy Crickets. <laughs> that was one of our big ones. Wow. Okay. Yeah, maybe that is one of the few of just us for season two. This is the first episode, um, first regular episode with just you and I since... I'm just going back. It's been a long time. It's, I think, since episode 20, episode 19. What? I'm serious. Wow, you'll be like, no wonder you're exhausted from all the editing. <laughs> <laughs> the, the first four shows of this season have all been like massive ones, like around three hours each. <laughs> well, we'll see how long we talk today. No promises. Yeah. No promises. No anyway. promises. And who knows what news will be breaking. What have you been up to? Working, 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 um, working. That's about it. Wow. Sounds like a lot of fun. Ironing, laundry, cleaning the house. <laughs> Listening to a lot of podcasts probably while you're doing that. Yes, yes. I've been adding a couple of extra ones actually to my um to my list because of course uh, Darren Hayes has wrapped his show that he said he said show up and that's left a bit of a void. Yeah. Um, still waiting for the dinner party show to restart their next season. So yeah. But oh, the, today I've got plans. Oh, I've seen a few movies. I went and saw the Batman vs Superman recently. Uh, you didn't really it, like that one, did you? I okay. I liked bits of it, but I was a bit disappointed. Not in the characters and not in the action. Just the pacing of the film and the story. It was so. It was like a shotgun sort of spraying everywhere. It was like. Just all over the place. The story I thought wasn't very well paced and ordered, and it was. It's not like a Marvel film where it's very clear. This is the story. These are the characters, and this is what's happening. Like some of this one, I was like turning to the hubs, going, 
what the hell is happening right now? Is this a dream? What what the hell is this? We were so confused in parts and that shouldn't be happening in a film, I think. So, but like there was incredible action pieces, incredible scenes and some really incredible moments, but just on a whole as a complete thing it was a little bit disappointing and WTF. I saw a great movie the other day called 10 Cloverfield Lane. I've seen Cloverfield, and I know this isn't a direct sequel. It's sort of in the, is it in the same universe? Yeah, it's happening. It happens pretty much at the same time okay. as Cloverfield, but whereas where where Cloverfield's kind of like ground zero in a city destruction of the alien invasion, this is called. This is sort of more out in the suburbs in a country sort of area, and. Oh, it's just a great movie. It's it, the, most of the movie has nothing to do with aliens. It's about this woman that's been trapped in a basement by by this guy who happens to rescue her from a car crash at the same time that the aliens are invading. So she's she's he he knows what's going on, but she's not believing him, and she, she's like, "What? You crazy? Is it really? scary? Um, because I can't do scary movies. It is scary, not because of the aliens at the end, but because of the dude. Because the guy is so scary. He's played by um John Goodman. Okay, because yeah, I can't cannot do scary movies at all. Yeah, well, <laughs> neither can my wife. I'm trying to I'm trying to get her to watch The Ring. <laughs> That's my my all time top scary movie. It just I I've never watched anything scarier, and she will not go anywhere near it. That was uh, one of the last scary movies that um, I saw. So I guess the next big thing for me is um, Marvel Captain America Civil War. That's in May. Um, So that's going to be super exciting. But this afternoon, I have something exciting. I'm going to the Perth, the first one in Perth, MJ Book Club, organized by Karen O'Halloran. So she's been to, I know, Adelaide, Melbourne. I think she's from Melbourne and Sydney, maybe as well. So, but this is the first book club that she's holding in Perth. Um, So I'm sure it'll be the same small little group. I know like a lot of people RSVP, yes, I'm coming on Facebook to the event, but then like half the people never show up, which is always really disappointing. But yeah, so I know that the usual little group will be there of Justine and Julie and Michelle. So yeah, it'll be good. Looking forward to it. I've got a huge stack of books on the table to take and I'm freaking out because I don't know how to carry all these giant books. Yeah, and some of them, are you taking some of your more rare? You're not taking the Opus, are you? That thing's massive. I'd love to take it, but I can't because it's too big. Like You, I need, would, you need a shopping cart to take the Opus. I, yeah, I would. I'd need a shopping trolley, but I <laughs> can't. So that's, no, I can't take that. But I've got some big ones like, you know, um, what have I got? Some like, well, I guess the making of thrillers, pretty big. There's a lot of hardcover books, like a lot. Are you guys going to be talking about Mike Smallcombs making Michael? Well, I don't think any of us have the physical copy of it yet. But oh, okay. I'll, I'll be bringing it up and I'll say that we'll be talking about it on the show. Yeah, it's, it looks really good. Yes. I don't know how many of these people do the iBook thing. I think we're all sort of- Physical. Bibliophiles with um physical books and yeah- but I, I can show them the digital version anyway and talk about it. Yeah, it's exciting. So, oh, man, I hope you have a good time. It's going to yeah, be I really think good. Yeah, it will be good. It will be really fun. Make sure you get some photos of the event. Yes, yes. I know that photos are often taken there. And I think we watch something as well. Like I think we might be watching the Going Back to Indiana special. 
So does Karen like just travel around to all the different major cities and, and do these book club events? It's pretty pretty cool. It is. It's very awesome for someone to do this. I, I think she ties it in with um, like she's going to be in the city to do this. So at the same time, she'll arrange she- a book club. That's really cool. Yeah. And there's no reason other fans overseas can't do the same thing. We totally need a Michael Jackson book club Moran Bar event. <laughs> um, I'd be um, the only guy going. <laughs> yeah. You might be doing that in the like the library room yourself. <laughs> yeah. Talking to myself just about MJ books. Yeah. Do, do it via Skype. Oh, yeah. I could Skype into one of the events. That's uh, That's interesting. There you oh. go. <laughs> I would uh, offer to do that today, but I've, I'm going to be editing, so. Yeah, you're going to be busy and I'll be at book club. Yay. So. Let's do a show so you can edit it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get into the news. The first big item of today's news is a really big one that only just happened about an hour and a half ago. An hour and a half ago when I woke up, uh, Tito Jackson announced on his website, titojackson.com, that he's got a new single coming out called Get It Baby featuring Big Daddy Kane, uh, and it's coming May 17th. I'm extremely excited about this. Tito's last single, We Made It, was absolutely brilliant, and it just couldn't come quicker. I really want to hear this song. Are you excited as well? Super excited because I did also love the last track, We Made It. And I'm hoping now that this will be the second single, hopefully Tito time will actually come out because I'm looking forward to an album. I want an album from Tito. I want the Tito time. Well, it's it's definitely on the horizons. They said, you know, there's been posts put out very recently today saying that, you know, this is the second single from the upcoming album. So hopefully it's a 2016 album release. You know, usually albums get a couple of singles before they come out at least. So, um... Yeah, I'm sure it'll be definitely be on the horizon. Uh, it's it's a good out. song. It's a good song. Uh, it's a lot faster than we made it. Well, you've heard it. He's played it before, and there's a couple of little clips on YouTube, like just oh. from the audience. So I did um, a bit of quick research because this came out really while I was having breakfast before the show. I didn't get to research who Big Daddy Kane was. I was going to. But I didn't. Um, but I did go on YouTube and Google Get It Baby with Tito Jackson. And there's a couple of little clips. I think one's about 50 seconds. One's about 20 seconds. So it's a lot faster song. I'm going to have to look into this because I've never heard it. But I remember Charles telling us about it on um, episode 13 of the MJ cast. Charles talks about going to see Tito Jackson live at one of his um, previous gigs in, in London. And he said, you know, really, really great music. So I can't wait to hear this song. Yeah, no, looking forward to it. And yeah, I, I agree. I hope 2016 is the year that Tito time comes out. Like, let's get this thing out. Let's just get it out, Tito. And we, we're going to be so happy to talk about it and hear it. He's probably doing his perfectionist thing. <laughs> and the That's what I was t- thinking. <laughs> the, the three T guys are, I'm pretty sure, involved in the recording or production of the album. So, I mean, when you get three T in the room with Tito... It's it's going to be Jackson perfectionist central. It's going to, you know, even if it does take a while, at least we know we're going to get an amazing product when it comes out. Awesome. Can't wait. Uh, if you want, listeners, if you want to follow uh, Tito Jackson and, and find out more about Tito Time, the album and the singles that are coming out before it, for example, Get It Baby, make sure you follow him on Twitter at Tito Jackson 5 Instagram at Popper3T, love that name. And also you can find him on Facebook 
just at Tito Jackson or at titojackson.com. We're going to cross now to Jenkins, host of the awesome Michael Jackson podcast, Moonwalk Talks. He's going to tell us a little bit about one of his experiences recently when he actually went and saw the Jacksons perform live. Hello, friends at the MJ cast. This is Jenkins, host and owner, CEO, uh, head honcho president of Moonwalk Talks, the other Michael Jackson podcast um, on Moonwalk Talks. We get down to the facts, theories, and stories about the king of pop himself, Michael Jackson. Um, So right now, though, the wonderful Jamin and Q have asked me to give a little bit about uh, my recent trip to go see the Jacksons live. So... I will try my best by myself to uh, talk about, give a quick, uh, give a quick recap of what happened. So they on April first, April Fool's Day, uh, the Jacksons came about three hours away from me to this place called Durant, Oklahoma, at this, um, and Oklahoma is in the United States, if you didn't know, uh, <laughs> right in the middle of the map. Um, it's about three hours away from my hometown of Tulsa. And so we drove down there to go see them. They're playing this place called the Choctaw, uh, nation, uh, Choctaw nation hotel, uh, casino resort, whatever it's called. Yeah. So they came down here to play that. Um, there was this big rumor that, that of course, that Jermaine hasn't been making a lot of the shows. And so, uh, there was only going to be three of the Jacksons there. So it was just going to be Tito, Marlon and Jackie. So we get there, and uh, I have my uh, Michael Jackson Billie Jean jacket on, my Michael Jackson Billy, uh, you know, uh, glove, the rhinestone glove that I made for my Halloween costume last year, and uh, I'm ready. I have my Victory Tour album. Uh, I brought my mom along uh, because she's a big Jackson fan, and my wife couldn't make it because she does pinup modeling and had a really big shoot that week, uh, that that weekend, uh, so she couldn't do it. Uh, she couldn't go. So I brought my mom along, and uh, yeah, it was great. We got there. Um, ready to see Tito, Marlon, and Jackie. The Commodores were opening up for them, so they went there. You know, they didn't have Lionel, uh, but you know, it was great still seeing them. They did a great job. Uh, but it was it was funny the, the energy in the room, how different it was from when the Commodores went on to when the Jacksons came on. Commodores, bless them, did a great job. Uh, but everybody, you know, they stood up when they could, you know, and they kind of sang along a couple of the songs. But uh, once the Jackson started, the curtain opens up. They have this silhouette of light down on them, and the crowd just loses it. It was like it was insane. Uh, I swear, my mom turned into a fourteen-year-old girl. Like you know, that's because that's about the age she was when she saw them. You know, um, and it was just it was just amazing. It was cool. And then all of a sudden, you see that fourth silhouette. There's Jermaine. Jermaine actually showed up. So it was actually super neat. All, you know, all the remaining, you know, Jacksons were there. That was, that was fantastic. Um, so yeah, show starts. They did, a, they did all the, all the hits, you know, uh, blame it on the boogie, enjoy yourself. Um, they even did some of Michael Jackson's tunes like, uh, I want to rock with you. Um, God, I can't remember them all off the top of my head, but they did, they did quite a few of Michael Jackson's songs. Now, I I remember looking at some of these videos on YouTube of them performing live and I would really get kind of upset that they were doing Michael Jackson songs because 
these songs like I Want to Rock With You. They also did I Can't Let Her Get Away from Dan- the Dangerous album, which is, you know, that's way past their, their time there. And I would normally get angry and upset at these things. But when you're in the moment there and you you see them on stage and you hear this song come on you just lose it like i mean i it, that all of that went straight out the window i w- i was extremely happy to see them perform the michael jackson songs even the ones they had nothing to do with even i can't let her get away when that came on i was like what no way and i was just having such a good time listening to it and i've also criticized them for you know they've never been the greatest of singers I I love the Jacksons, but they have to know that they're not that great at singing. But again, when you hear it and you're live there with them, it just goes out the window. I was having such a fun time listening to them that their voices didn't matter to me. It was just so cool seeing them on stage, you know, dancing to the music with them, the crowd interacting. It was such a good time. It was so much fun. Uh, they had so much energy on stage. They were, they were very great. Um, Jermaine came out wearing uh, the Beat It jacket, which again would have made me angry. But when you're there, you're like, oh, my God, that's the Beat It jacket. Um, it was just so cool. Uh, so anyway, the show was fantastic. They did my favorite song, Heartbreak Hotel. Uh, Heartbreak Hotel. Um, I literally broke down crying when I li- when I heard it because I did not think in a million years they were going to play this song. And that's my favorite Michael Jackson song, my favorite Jackson song. So it was super neat to hear them play that. They did a great job with it. The instrumentation was beautiful. Um, man, it was it was so good. Uh, and then when, yeah, of course, when they did, I can't let her get away. It was so neat. Jermaine Jackson just started singing. I can't let her get away. Um, it was off the dangerous. It was just so neat. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, so after the show, um, they had a meet and greet thing going on. And before the show, you had to sign up for it. And it was funny walking up to the table because it was just like, one guy sitting there in a wheelchair with uh, one poster sitting there that was signed, a Jackson T-shirt kind of wrinkled up, and then a, 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 a little piece of paper that just said meet and greets. And the meet and greets were $75 for one person, um, $125 for two. So I was just like, so you're doing the meet and greets? He's like, yeah. And I was like, do you take cards? And he's like, no, cash only. And I'm like, oh geez. And he's just sitting there. It was, it was like it was like one of those bad movies where you see the guy sitting in a chair, not even looking at you, flipping through money. And he's like, Yep, oh, cash only. Be $125. So I was, of course, I'd rather risk it. And so I went straight to the ATM, got my money, and I gave it to him. And he gave me this ra- raggedy bracelet that just said the Jacksonslive.com on it. And it written in marker. And so I'm like, oh God. It's like I, I'm either I'm I'm I've either just paid $125 for a for a yellow bracelet, or I'm actually gonna meet the Jacksons. We'll see. I'd rather yeah, go uh, the risk is worth it, I guess. So after the show, which during the show, I was the only person there that I saw wearing any kind of Michael Jackson memorabilia. It might have just been the, the location that I am in, Durant, Oklahoma, but it didn't seem like anybody really dressed up to look or, you know, act like, you know, the Jacksons. Anyway. And so after the show, um, they did announce it throughout the thing. So that made me feel a little bit more secure that I was actually going to meet the Jacksons. They put us all in a line. There wasn't a lot of people that signed up for it, but there was quite a few of us. Um, it was real late by the time we finally got to meet the Jacksons because there was two different things. There was a like a super VIP, and then there was the VIP uh, meet and greet. So I guess you have to, I don't know how you got to be part of the super VIP, um, but I wish I would have got that. So finally... 
we get to uh, the room and you see the Jacksons there. There's this really cool backdrop or whatever it has the casino name on it and everything. And um, they to- they tell you that they're not doing that. You can't take your own photos. You can't take any video. You can't ask them any questions. And um, yeah, they had a they had a photographer there that takes the photos themselves, which makes sense because people with their cell phones sometimes they take too long. They don't know how their cell phone works, um, and it would it just kind of makes it go quicker if they have their own photographer and they just they put all the all the photos online for you to get them for free, and you can buy prints if you like to. So that that was kind of a cool thing. Um, so yeah, so I actually put I was trying to record audio on on my phone for my podcast, and I put it in my pocket, and uh, you couldn't hear anything. So all my audio is unusable, unfortunately. Uh, but I did get up there, and I did get to talk to them a little bit about. Uh, I did tell ask Tito that if he knew that his son was on the MJ cast, he had no idea. But you know, I'm sure he doesn't pay attention to everything that his children do. Um, and then I, you know, I. Did I, I did not tell them that I had a Michael Jackson podcast. <laughs> I don't know why. I did, it just kind of slipped my mind. Uh, but beforehand, the before I, I met them, I had the, the Victory Tour album in my hand. And this lady comes over to me and she's like, she takes that in my hand. She's like, no, 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 they're not doing any signings. And I was like, what? It's like, I just paid 125 bucks to meet these people. Well, you know, for me and my mom. And, uh, you know, they're not going to sign my thing. Anyway, so this other guy comes up and he's like, no, 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 no. Look at him. He's wearing the, he's wearing the Billie Jean jacket and the glove. They will sign that album for him. And so, so that was pretty cool. So I went over there and they signed it and they were really nice. Such nice guys. I asked them all if it was okay if I got a hug. Um, they all gave me a hug. They were all super, super sweet. Such nice guys. Um, took, you know, a couple pictures with me. Um, took a couple pictures with my mom. It's like my mom told Tito that she loved him, and he he laid her he laid his head on her shoulder, and they were all super super nice guys. Um, yeah, so yeah, it was fantastic, man. It was it was such a good night. I had such a fun time. Um, if you ever get a chance to go see the Jacksons, it it is a, it is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, uh, again, they're not Michael Jackson. We all we all realize that, but it was such a fun thing and, and and just to be that close to the people that Michael Jackson at one point loved so much um, regardless of what happened in the future it was such a cool thing and I, I do recommend it for everybody and it will be something that I will remember for the rest of my life uh, and I can tell my kids that hey this is my these are Michael Jackson's brothers it's like these are these are the Jacksons these are the Jackson five I mean regardless of how you feel about them today because I know not a lot of the MJ fam is super in love with them but you know it's them it's and and once you're in that once you're in that space with them it's uh, all that all that negativity kind of flies out the window uh so yeah thank you mj cast for having me on i hope i talked about everything that i was supposed to uh show was great everything was neat if you want to hear more about it ask me questions because i have a hard time just remembering it all right guys don't forget to check out moonwalk talks um, on iTunes, Stitcher, Smart Radio, all that good stuff. Uh, I am, you know, I do the Michael Jackson podcast as well. All right, signing off. It's Jenkins. Follow me at Who Jenkins. Follow Moonwalk Talks at Moonwalk Talks on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you very much. There we go. Thank you, Jenkins. It was great to hear from you. Geez, I hope one day that I get to go and see the Jacksons live as well. I still have never had the opportunity to see one of the Jacksons perform before, but hopefully that opportunity is coming for me soon one day. It sounded like you had an amazing time.
It sure did sound like you had an amazing time, Jenkins. We really appreciate you sending us that audio submission. I know a lot of our listeners will be really happy that you have appeared back on the show again, even if it was just a quick little snippet of you. Uh, We're looking forward to a new episode from you as well, by the way. Really looking forward to that. Hopefully that drops soon. Um, But yeah, it was awesome when I saw the Jacksons a few years ago. Um, I can't imagine like being able to sort of have a really great meet and greet with all of them at once and get such an awesome photo like you did with them, which uh, I saw. That was really cool. I I didn't get a photo with them because I never liked photos of me and I probably wouldn't have been happy with how it turned out. But I guess under awesome sort of um meet and greet conditions you've got like a proper photographer and lighting and stuff so but yeah you look awesome in your photo and the the brothers look really cool so it was awesome so really thank you again listeners let us know what you thought of jenkins jackson's concert experience and uh, if you were at the show or any of the recent shows that the brothers have put on hit us up let us know what you thought of the show jackson's on forever so speaking of books a little bit earlier, uh, My- Making Michael by Mike Smallcomb has come out as digital and physical book. I know you can get it via Amazon. Um, yeah. We'll have a look at what other links maybe we can pop in the show notes to get it as well. iBooks, is it out on iBooks yet? Maybe by the time this comes out. Yeah, it's not on there yet. He actually, I was talking to Mike on Twitter a couple of days ago, actually probably about five days ago now, and he said, that it would be on iBooks any day now. It still hasn't come out there, so I'm really looking forward to it finally being available on my favorite book platform. But Have you yeah. checked this morning? Yeah, I had a look this morning. It's okay. still not there. It, it shouldn't be too much longer at all. Cool. It's an exciting-looking book. Like I've, I've flipped through a few pages of it already because Mike sent us a copy to have a look at, which we're very, very grateful for. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. I'll be buying the proper one. I'll get, I want the physical one. So, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I, I haven't had a chance to read a lot of it because we only received it around 24 hours ago. But from what I've looked at so far, it really does look amazing. I'm hearing people that have read it saying it's incredible. Look, one of the great things about it is that it focuses on the music. It uh, sweeps all that controversy away that you find in so many other Michael Jackson books. And it just sim- simply focuses on the art. Uh, and what's Awesome is that Mike has gone out and done fresh interviews with over 60 Michael Jackson associates, including managers, lawyers, music executives, producers, musicians, and engineers, who many of them are telling their stories for the very first time. So it's an exciting product uh, with a lot of brand new information in it. Um, Yeah, I think the people that are talking about it are saying very good things, and that's a good sign. Um because there was another book recently and the reviews have not been great. I've heard people put it in the bin 30 pages in. <laughs> I saw that post on Facebook as well. <laughs> did you, just, you saw that, did you? I saw that. I was like, oh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, uh, it's, it's sometimes it pays to wait, you know, a couple of weeks until all those early adopter um, readers get it, um, you know, tell – all the fan community if they like it or not, and then you can make a decision. Look, it has been out for a couple of weeks now in a physical format already, and the reviews are glowing. So with this one, I think the uh, the it's definitely safe to go ahead and grab this book and enjoy it. Yeah, I yeah, can't wait to buy the physical book and add that to my library and my growing MJ collection of books, which is a good thing. There's been so many books in the last couple of years, so... It's going to be in a couple of episodes that we're hopefully getting Mike on the show uh, to do a special. We're going to be talking all about 
uh, making Michael in a Mike Smallcomb special. So hopefully by that time, actually, no, not hopefully, definitely by that time we'll have read it. So we'll be able to talk to him about the writing process and, and, and the book in general. I love the cover. It's such a good cover. Beautiful photo. When's that? Yeah. It looks like it's from um, the black or white. Yes, that's what I would say. Shoot. Yep. Looks really good. But yeah, there you go. If you've got the book, guys, let us know your thoughts on it because we we love hearing from you guys when you've experienced a, a product or a book and what you think about it because you're the audience of not only us, but you're the audience for the book, the target audience. So your opinion is what, you know, people listen to. You guys are the experts. You're the readers. So tell us what you think of it. Somebody special had their 30th birthday party recently. Okay. It blows my mind that this lady <laughs> has only just turned 30. Like her achievements and her her influence and her music repertoire, like, and she's only just turned 30. What? That's incredible. We are, of course, speaking about the one and only Lady Gaga. Amazing, isn't it? It seems like just... The other day she was putting out Poker Face. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, she's done so much in such a short amount of time. How many albums she got out now? Like three or four? Four. Four albums? I think. Yeah. There's a couple it's... of remix albums on, on top of that as well. Yeah, yeah. It's... That's that's a, as her proper Lady Gaga sort of incarnation. I think she was a New York sort of artist before that when it was yeah. just Stephanie. Um so she had her thirtieth birthday, and the King of Pop made an appearance in a pretty awesome birthday present from some very generous fan <laughs> friend of hers. Yeah, so she had her birthday party at the No Name Club in Hollywood, and there were some legends that attended there, such as Taylor Swift, Lana Del Rey, Kate Hudson. I think Pharrell was there, John Legend, and interestingly, Kathy Bates. Okay. <laughs> Who's an awesome actress. Uh, and what's that movie she's in where she's like, um, she's like the bad, she's the, the an evil character who like gets an author and puts him in, an author has a car accident and she rescues him and puts him in bed and keeps breaking his legs so he can't escape. Misery. Stephen King book. Misery. Misery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's so good in that. Um, but yeah, it's pretty interesting that she was at Lady Gaga's 30th. Um, but anyway, it uh, seems like a great, it was a great event. Uh, Gaga actually performed there. I I don't know if there's any videos out of that. It seemed like a pretty exclusive. Um, I know there's like lots of videos from paparazzi as the guests are going in, but I haven't seen any videos from inside or from the performance. But from what I understand, it was really, really cool. And during the night, she was given a present that is kind of like a, a sketch, like an artistic piece in the form of a sketch actually by Michael Jackson. He sketched it himself in 1990 and the sketch is called dancing feet it shows michael from the waist down doing um his famous pose he's kind of standing on his toes like what happens at the end of the billy jean performance uh and in 2010 one of these actually sold for twenty-five thousand dollars. so it's a pretty generous and awesome gift for lady gaga and i know she loves her michael stuff she is a humongous Michael Jackson fan, a huge fan. Uh, she's got a huge Michael Jackson collection of stuff that she's bought. Some of it may be fake stuff, sadly, but good old Julian's auctions. <laughs> but I think she was kind of like 
at that time when a lot of that stuff was being sold. I think she put out a statement or something saying she wanted to buy a lot of his costumes to actually preserve and protect them properly. Yes. Because she's a huge fashion, you know, icon as well as Michael Jackson fan. So she's kind of probably looking at those pieces as, you know, really parts of pop history. Yeah, absolutely. She's got a huge respect for Michael and his legacy and his art. Um, The picture's very similar to the one that's in the front of the Moonwalk uh, autobiography by Michael, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. That would give people an idea of what it looks like. And and people might some of these uh, new listeners that we have might not even know that Michael Jackson actually was an artist and actually very good. He's done some incredible. That Martin Luther King mm. picture that he drew is incredible. So Michael actually um, did drawing and uh, it's really more pencil sketches I think than painting from what I know of. Yeah, he did a lot of work with uh, David Nordle and, and guys like that, just, you know, getting his ideas down and, and you know, improving his craft of sketching. But he was he was actually drawing, um, you know, since he was quite young. There's even um, pictures out there of drawings he did when he was very little. And Who was the um, Australian artist he did a lot of training and drawing with? I can't remember, but there's a Brett, great... Um, Brett Livingston Strong. Brett, that's right. Brett that's Livingston him. Strong. He, he did an interview on... Um, Piers Morgan, which is a really great interview. I think he goes on there with Catherine Jackson, maybe. Uh, I can't remember, but it, uh, we'll put that link in the show notes because he actually talks at length about Michael Jackson as an artist. They had a aircraft hangar at an airport that was Michael's art studio. Really? And it, yes. I'm pretty sure they worked. Michael would come over and he would do all his stuff in this big aircraft hangar just private, like away from everyone and just do his thing, his drawings and sketches and designs. Yeah. Um, and Brett may have been sort of like sort of given those to look after or something. Um, I'm not sure. You'd have to look into that. But we'll put a – that's a interesting interview that I'll have to check out with that Piers Morgan and Brett and Catherine. So we'll pop that in the show notes. I'm taking a note now for our additional links, Jamin. Q, have you heard of the book Kunstwerk von Michael Jackson? Mm, is there an English name? No, that's only, I believe the book's only out in German, but it's actually a book by the company that released the book from Michael's manager, Dieter Wiesner. Uh, but it's actually a really good book that focuses all in on Michael Jackson's artwork and sketches. And it's got over 80 of Michael's own sketches and drawing in a new full color publication format. It's got abstract sculptures to detailed portraits from things like skis, seascapes to chairs, anything that Michael Jackson loved to draw. So I'll put that in the show notes as well. It's pretty much the compendium of all of Michael Jackson's drawings in one place. I don't think it is in English. So the the information that's, you know, readable in there that's in text, I don't think it's actually in English at all. Hello, but Google never- Translate. <laughs> but nevertheless, it's uh, it's got all of his drawings in it. So you can get them in one place. Have so. you got that up in front of you now or something? Yes. How much yeah. is it? Any prices? Uh, no, this is not the, uh, this is just a book review that I'm looking at a full. Yeah. I'll send you the link so you can look at it. Sweet. That sounds incredible. Dude, it's so worth buying. Damien's got a copy as well. Oh, he he loves it, but it's like, yeah, he told me it's not in English, all the writing, but all the pictures are obviously able to be appreciated by anyone of any language. 
Wow, cool. This, this is a great site. Like, if you go through the site as well, I don't know what this is. I've never even seen this before. Anne-Marie Latour is the name of the site. It's like a WordPress blog. But not only does it have heaps of pictures of the book itself, but it's got lots of um, images of Michael drawing just as young as he was. There's a beautiful photo by um, Jim Britt from 1972. You can see a 14-year-old Michael Jackson drawing. Um there's Michael and Brett Livingston Strong in the studio. It looks like a bad Earite photograph of Michael and him drawing. Some beautiful things on this. <gasps> oh, it's on Book Depository. Oh, my God. This book looks stunning. Yeah, it looks incredible. Holy crap. I still don't know really how to say the name of the book. I think it's Kunstwerk von... Let's just leave that to the German speakers. (laughs) We're probably going to get all our German listeners raging at us now. Australian dollars, it's 46 bucks. Looks so worth it. Um, Free delivery on bookdepository.com. Look at the 1993 image at the bottom of the article, the Christ the Redeemer. I know. Okay, guys, this is uh, quite a little find. Thanks for this, Jamin. No, that's okay. It's it's kind of flown under the radar. It came out recently, like within the last 12 months, I think. Okay. But it just hasn't... Yeah, you don't hear a lot of people talking about it, probably because it's only in that, that very specific language. Uh, hopefully, there's an English version of it at some point in the future. Well, I'm adding that to my book wish list. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> and you can surprise everyone at the book club today. Look what I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's Yeah, I could bring that up. Cool. <laughs> So you're going to have to talk about the next news thing because I don't get it. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> that's why it's in here because I don't understand it either. It's just this weird and wacky thing that's happened in the last week. Uh, okay, there's this dude. He's a rapper. I don't know if I'm saying his name correctly. I think it's OG Kano or OG Kano or something. And he's brought out these two snippets on YouTube of a song. A full version of the song is still coming. I think the song's called Billie Jean and I Dab. And that's apparently a dance move or something. Jenkins was telling me I didn't understand what it what that yeah. actually meant. It's what, a dan- it's a thing that you do with your arm or something. Yeah, I'd never heard of it. And then Jenkins was like sending me YouTube videos and telling me how it all works. But anyway, so there's this this song's come out. Two snippets of it have come out. There's some things that are cool about it. There's some things that are weird about it. I won't say it's gone viral, but it's certainly become quite popular. The second part, part two, the second video is the video that's kind of blown up. It's got a quarter of a million views in the last seven days. And it's just, it's it's what you call trap music. So it's in, this guy's tried to make Michael Jackson tribute songs in the genre of trap music. And... They what, is, ha- what is trap music, Jamin? For- I don't know. It's like a sub-genre of hip-hop that's kind of also housey and it's just kind of like um, really a, a really super repetitive beat and melody. So I'm not the thing that I'm not sure about is is I don't get if this guy is into Michael or not. Because <laughs> he's he's dressed up like Michael. He's got, and the thing that's really cool about these videos are the costumes because they are really really accurate recreations of Michael Jackson's famous Victory era uh, costumes, including the jacket he wore in the Pepsi commercial, the stuff that he wore on stage to perform Billy Jean on the Victory tour. He actually the this rapper guy has worked with a a, a proper 
sort of like fashion designer who's who's recreated these clothes. So they look really cool. And he's he's got the MJ hair and the MJ makeup. He's tried to make himself look as much like Michael Jackson as possible. Um, <laughs> and yeah, performs these two snippets of a song with lots of imagery and lots of dance moves and stuff that are really reminiscent of Michael Jackson. Now, the reason I say I don't understand whether he's pro-Michael or not is because in the second video, it's totally positive and he's rapping about awesome MJ stuff the whole time. But in the first one, there's some pretty odd digs at Michael. I don't know if they're digs. I don't know if he's kind of bashing on Michael, but there's some references to some pretty, like things in there that if you were really super pro Michael, I just don't know if you would bring them up in a tribute song or a song. Like, I think there's even reference in there to plastic surgery and the, you know, the child molestation stuff. It's just, if you're making something positive about Michael, I don't understand why to include that. But luckily part one is the one that has not done as well with views. Part two is the one that's really taking off. So, yeah, the jury's kind of out for me on whether this guy's really pro-Michael or not. I don't think that they're super high-quality pieces of music or art, in my opinion. They seem to be designed to have broad appeal and to go as viral as possible as quickly as possible. I think he's probably more interested in views than the art myself, but they're still really interesting to watch and talk about nonetheless. Did you get a chance to see him, Hugh? I've seen the positive part two one. I yeah. think, yeah, that's. I saw that the other day and I was like, what the hell is this? And I watched it and then after it, I was still like, what the hell is this? And I'm sure <laughs> after this whole segment, I'm still, what the hell is this? And I'm sure half our listeners will be, what the hell are they talking about? Just so, just check out the links in the show notes. It's totally weird something else. WTF, but it's it has it has kind of taken off and there's a lot of MJ fans talking about it. So have a look. Tell us what you think. Contact us. You know, I don't know. Hit us up with a um, a reply to our show post on Facebook or maybe hit us up at Twitter at the MJ cast. Let us know what you think about this music because it's pretty out there. Uh, and in other news, there was a pretty interesting leak thanks to MJ Beats uh, who give us a lot of leaks. And this one is a little snippet that went up, I think, at first on Instagram maybe. But it's from the opening of the Dangerous World Tour in London. Now, we know that at the start of pretty much every Dangerous World Tour show, Michael did this awesome thing where he jumped out of the stage and got catapulted into the air uh, from a piece of machinery called the Toaster. And it appears at this particular show that there may have been some kind of malfunction with this Toaster piece of equipment under the stage that's meant to push him right up into the air. I don't know. In This Is It, do you remember where um, Kenny Ortega is talking about the toaster and saying it's got elevator speed and toaster speed? <laughs> well, I'm kind of guessing that at this Dangerous World Tour gig, the toaster speed function wasn't working and only elevator speed was. And it kind of like it pushes Michael up onto the stage, but super, super slow. Okay, so I have another question about it. The placement of it. Yeah. Isn't it usually in the middle of the stage? Um, I've never seen the Dangerous show from that angle. It's kind of the footage is taken from up above in one of the stands. Um, it's amateur footage looking down at the stage. So, yeah, I, I can't comment because I've never seen that angle on any other show. I'm going to watch it right now, actually, because I saw it last week. And it's so funny. It looks like a rehearsal almost. <laughs> At first, when I saw it, I didn't actually think it was a failure because Michael, uh, in my opinion, Michael knew it wasn't going to work because 
Like he doesn't attempt to jump up or anything like that. He just kind of pushes him up and he stays crouched as it raises and then he slowly gets up. It reminds me of um, Terminator when uh, <laughs> when Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of appears, you know, back in the back in from the time travel and just is kind of crouching on the ground. That's what it looks like Michael's doing until he slowly stands up. Okay, no, it does actually. Yeah, looking at it now, the fireworks are on each side of it. It's like a little additional part of the stage at the front of the stage that sticks out that the toaster thing's in but the video the one i'm watching anyway the one that i think we're going to put in the show notes is it the instagram one i don't know if it's on youtube but uh it starts and he's already like head and shoulders out Mm. above the stage and then he just sort of slowly stands up to his full height in the i actually think it looks really cool I like it. Like it's not it's not what it was meant to be. He's meant to be catapulted up in the air, but as far as this thing not working and Michael having to sort of improvise, I actually think it's a pretty cool sort of effect. Well, we don't know if it if he knew that it wasn't working 100% if it was a malfunction and he just sort of was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I can feel that it's not working." He would have been pissed after, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely, because it's such an important part of the show. It's like an amazing... It's still to this day my favourite Michael Jackson entrance to any show. Um, Can you imagine... I don't know. The Spaceship History one was a pretty awesome entrance. It it was pretty cool as well. I like it, but I don't know. There's something about it that just... Like, mm. I remember in Perth, he kicked that door off so hard that it just like went flying <laughs> sometimes the door sort of just popped off and slid off and others he ninja kicked that thing off like bam bam, bam. <laughs> get me out of this ship i think kind of like we've spoken about it in the past like the history tour for me you know like we've gone over this before but you know a lot of props a lot of theatrics i am the simpler the better for me when it comes to live shows and i i know that the toast is not simple but it's just Michael and it's like, bam, he's just out of nowhere up in the air. It's just, I think uh, both are cool. Both are cool. That's it, a pretty dangerous piece of equipment, actually. So at least uh, if this was a malfunction, it was a fairly safe malfunction because, yeah, you could definitely lose a foot or an arm with that piece of equipment. That was a cool part of This Is It, though, hey, the documentary, the, when the, when Kenny is explaining how the toaster works and everything and the dancers are getting in it for the first time. I like that bit. Yeah, it was good. I, I reckon it would have been... Because those guys needed training. Like, Kenny's there kind of literally holding one of those guys by the arm, saying, you know, this is this is the adrenaline. This is what it feels like to do this. Well, you could uh, see how much air Mike got from it. Like, yeah. Like, literal air. He was thrown up and jumped as well. Like, yeah, it was a great intro. Yeah, check this out. It's something really weird and different to see if you, if you were at the show. Send us your thoughts. Let us know. Tell us was about it, it. I want to know if it was disappointing to people. Yeah. You know, like, cause, but see, the thing is, I guess during this period, people didn't have YouTube to go and watch all of the other Dangerous Tour shows. So when they went, a lot of the audience probably wouldn't have seen it before. So it wouldn't maybe have looked weird to them because yeah. it would have been the first time they'd seen it. Unless they were an MJ fan going back for their second or third Dangerous Tour show, which probably yeah. would have been common as well. So, yeah. Go check out the toaster. We've got a few news headlines as well, but firstly, we're going to do a few YouTube thank yous. So we've got uh, five or six here. Child of Innocence from Norway. Michael for Thriller. 
Wheezy Wheezy, Bindi's Croc Girl and Jill Morgan, some of our YouTube listeners and interactions. Just wanted to give you a shout out and say thank you.
Hi, this is Linton Guest, the author of The Trials of Michael Jackson, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. We've also got a few more news headlines over at themjcast.com. They are in the show notes. The headlines over there that you can go and read articles on are Janet Jackson's Unbreakable album is now available on a double gatefold vinyl. There has been a cake competition where a British baker makes a full life-size Michael Jackson cake. And I think, did they win it? I'm not sure. I can't remember. It's Michael in the uh, dangerous Super Bowl outfit in this life-size cake. Tammy Lucas discusses a writing for Michael Jackson when working with Teddy Riley. And a judge allows Michael Jackson's ex-snake manager, Tomei Tomei, to amend a complaint <laughs> against the estate. Did you so, just call him a snake manager? <laughs> yes. Tomei Tomei is a true snake. He is I not just, nice. Uh, I agree with you completely. <laughs> I've just never heard anyone be called a snake manager before. Well, I haven't got Total anything snake. nice to say about him. Yeah, yeah. So those stories go over to themjcast.com. The links are in the show notes. We're not going to talk about those in the show, but head over there and get those news updates as well. Got a few thank yous for people on Twitter. That's it. Thank you to everyone for all your uh, episode 27 tweets and feedback. And boy, oh boy, so many subtweets. I've recently learned what subtweeting is. I didn't know we had been subtweeted. But <laughs> yeah, we were just at us. Seriously, like if people want to actually say anything about our show, even if it's negative, involve us because we are totally capable of handling constructive feedback. We love getting constructive feedback because it adds to the conversation. You know, there's different perspectives on everything. So seriously, hit us up with an app. We'd love it. But big, nice thank yous to Lynn Tyler at Evan Young, who was actually uh, also over on Facebook, and he had a comment on some um, post way back when, and he was actually the inspiration for our Damn Michael videos. <laughs> so uh, thank you to Evan Young for that as well. At Junior Pyburn, at Lolliet31, at Morindon MJ, and uh, our good friend Tom Rowderman, at Slightly Crunchy. At Belinda B83. At Dr. Stephen Holly at 13 June 2005. Deb Francis, thank you for all of your opinions and feedback. We really value that. At Sonia and Therese and at the MJAP for your MJ bedroom picks. And I know there was one more person that sent us the bedroom picks, but I can't find it now. Sorry, I went through. We got so many at mentions over those weeks that I've been searching and I couldn't find who else sent us the bedroom picks. But you know who you are, so big thank you to you. But yeah, thanks to everyone for all that feedback and things and all your Twitter interactions. Just wanted to add a little thing about Twitter, okay? Thank you for all your favorites and all your likes, but... Help a brother out. Help a MJ brother out. What gives with Twitter likes? Okay. That's really nice. And I, I'll tell you what, I use Twitter likes as a bookmark feature. So if it's like something over breakfast and I'm going, oh, cool article here. I'll favorite that. I'll favorite that. I'll favorite that. And then after work, I'll go back and I'll read it. So it's like a bookmark feature for me. And I get on Facebook that you like something because you don't want to leave a comment. But on Twitter, a favorite and a like can I just say it's nice, but it's really of zero help. If you want to be like interactive and actually 
help spread the word or spread what you're actually liking, do a retweet. It's just, you can do two things. You can click one button, click done, or you can quote the tweet and also share it. So it's a retweet, but then you're adding a comment to it. That is far, far more useful and more helpful and beneficial to you and to us and to Michael than just a simple like or fave. Like, I'm not trying to tell you how to use Twitter, but I'm just saying. (laughs) Just saying. I'm just saying that a like and a fave is of no use to us. And thank you. It's lovely. But if you actually want to help and actually be useful, please give us a retweet and a share. And that goes for sharing the show as well. Like, we appreciate that you listen, but actually share it with other listeners so people can discover it and people can find it. Because... We're getting so much feedback from people that have actually found it from retweets or shares from our page over at themjcast.com. And they're like, I found it because another fan shared this. So that's you actually having an impact. No one's going to be trawling through your likes to go, oh, what is this person favorited? But if you retweet it, unless you're Paris Jackson. Well, yeah, that's different. Oh man, the latest picture we put up, the uh the the Royal Flush, MJ Royal Flush, 23 likes, two retweets. What? No, 23 likes and two retweets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's very disappointing people. Maybe you think <laughs> that liking something is actually useful. It's really not. Like, it's yeah, useful we, we, for you if you want to catalogue something. Like, yeah. for the person liking it, if you're cataloguing a tweet, for sure. But, you know, like, it doesn't hurt to... to yeah, anyway. <laughs> like, it's not making you any more lazy just to press one button, which is a retweet button. <laughs> Q rant. Please help an MJ brother out. Retweet and share. Okay, on to something positive. We have some incredible news. Some Probably the biggest piece of news of the year for Jackson fans, I would say. And we've had a video message given directly by Janet Jackson on all of her networks. You can see it on YouTube if you go to her YouTube page. And there's Janet looking amazing in all her glory, telling the world about her future plans with her husband, Wissam. I think that's how you say it, isn't it? Wissam? I say Wissam. Wissam. And yeah, she's talking all about uh, some of the reasons behind behind why the Unbreakable World Tour has been postponed a little bit. And uh, I believe it is coming back. Like, I, I'm pretty sure that it's being, re- I think the Twitter account, That Grape Juice, just put a tweet out this morning uh, talking about it being rebooted in 2017, possibly, which is exciting to hear. But the reason why that it's being postponed and put on hold is because Janet and her husband are making some time to plan for a family. Yay, Mama Janet. (laughs) Oh, it's so exciting because I know it's something that will bring her a lot of happiness. And she looks so happy in the video talking about her plans. And it's a great thing, I think. I got tears. I watched it again last night. Um, I saw it within five minutes of her posting it the other night when she put it up. Um, And I watched it again last night just to refresh my memory on what she said. And I totally got teared up. Like, yeah. I didn't tear up, but I totally, like, the minute I heard it, it was just like all of my hair on my arms just stood on end. I got goosebumps instantly. It was just like all of these years I've been really hoping that that happens for Janet and it's probably the thing where she's wanted to 
wait to be with the right person and and to be in the right circumstances and her career to be at the right point where she can do it comfortably. And I think she's ready and it's just so excited and this is going to bring her so much joy. The Jackson family is already such a big, amazing family with so many incredible people and hopefully soon there's going to be a new member. Hey, you guys. On August 31st, as you probably know, I launched the Unbreakable World Tour. Uh, first, I just want to thank all the fans for coming out and seeing the show. Thank you so much. You guys made it so enjoyable for me each and every night. Um, we're in the second leg of the tour, and there actually has been a sudden change. I thought it was important that you be the first to know. My husband and I are planning our family, um, so I'm going to have to delay the tour. Please, if you can try and understand that it's important that I do this now. I have to rest up doctor's orders, but um, I have not forgotten about you. I will continue the tour as soon as I possibly can. Um, I want to thank the, the dancers, the band, my entire crew. You guys were so professional, so incredibly talented, so supportive and loving each and every night. Thank you so much. And I can't wait for us to get started again. Thank you to Live Nation for your loyal partnership and support. You guys are the best at what you do in your field and know that that's why I'm with you. Um, once again, thank you to all the fans for your love, your undying love. Your loyalty, that means so much to me. You're truly appreciated. And its it's been a long journey. And you guys have been there each and every step of the way. And, and I really do appreciate that. Thank you so much. Inshallah, I will see you soon. I love you. Bye. So that was the audio from Janet's video message. Head over to the show notes to actually see the footage directly from Janet that she posted just the other night. Um, I saw it on Twitter straight away, like I think within four minutes of her posting it. And I know that you did too. And we were both in the middle of something, but we both like were like, whoa, huge news. Um, but you can just hear the joy in her voice and then head over and watch the video and see the joy on her face. Um, she's just so, 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 so beautiful and absolutely breathtakingly stunning. And I just love how she, she speaks and with the humility of being so grateful and so happy for all the love and support that she receives from all of like us as fans and people that support her and the family. I think that was something that really touched me as well. Just like Michael did, was always so grateful. So that, yeah, check it out and let us know your thoughts because, yeah, were you moved like I was? Yeah, I, like I said, I was totally moved by it. It was so special to see. What do you think this means for a tour? Well, she she said that she's postponing the, the tour. There's an interruption to the tour. Uh, there was no word of cancelling at all. Doctor's orders are the reason that she needs to rest. So that's perfectly understandable. And, and I have no problem with that. For me, it actually gives more time for us to save, <laughs> save money up. so exactly. when she does come to Australia that I can go to the show. So I'm just so happy for her and completely understanding. Um, I absolutely hope that maybe a few years down the track, and I'm, I don't mind if it's not next year or the year after, that, you know, Unbreakable Part 2 continues on. 
right where it left off and, and then heads on south down to, you know, down to the Asia Pacific region and New Zealand as well. I think that would be incredible. Yeah, it'll be my first Jackson uh, being for me to see live. So hopefully it does come to Australia. I can't wait to see it. I have a feeling that a new baby might be terrific inspiration for some new music as well. So maybe there'll be some new stuff written. That would be pretty cool. Maybe some additional tracks onto the Unbreakable album if it wasn't even a full album. Yeah, it's such an amazing album already, but how cool would it be to get like a part two with some extra bonus tracks? I would totally buy that for sure. So would I. So oh would my I. God. So yeah, I, I hope, you know, Janet, take all the time that you need. And absolutely, I do hope that uh, I do get to see you in, in concert again. And f- for this tour, especially because all the feedback of this tour has been amazing. But I think now that we can all understand why the the tour has been sort of postponed. So if you go and see the statement over at YouTube, you can also see some pretty cool comments under there. There's some pretty interesting ones. Zamora Zamora says, I love so much and congrats to you and your husband. Brooklyn BB says, can you imagine being her kid? Most soothing lullabies ever. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so true. <laughs> and Herb Vargas has said, must not be very important news. If it was filmed vertically. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is with people filming vertically on their phones? Oh, oh my God. I don't know. It drives me mad as well. Oh, my God. It's called... They've got a severe case of VVS. Why can't VVS? <laughs> Vertical video syndrome. Oh. And seriously... Stop I, it, people. Stop it. And Janet. go to the, go to our show notes and have a link. A look at the link I'm going to put in there. It's a YouTube video called VVS, Vertical Video Syndrome. James LA, thank you very much for showing me this video because ever since I have seen it, I never shoot vertical anymore and I never will again. I, I, yeah, I guess. Sorry, maybe Janet needs this as well. Like, thank God she's so beautiful and it sort of distracted me from the vertical video. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> people stop filming things on video and Apple put an update in your phone to stop vertical video happening. It's that easy, Apple. Please give us an update to stop it. Oh, my God. So, what do you think this means for the Jackson family? Uh, I think it means that it's going to grow in number. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Obviously. But I think it's awesome because, yeah, like I said, they're such a big, amazing, vibrant, beautiful family. And they love children and young ones being in the family. And this is going to be another one there. And it's just awesome. Like there's all the, you know, the the Jackson first generation kids are now going to have extra cousin. And, Cousins. Oh, and there's some young ones too. Like, the, you know, uh, Catherine has great grandchildren who, you know, like uh, TJ's little boy. How old's he? He's um quite young still. Like not one yet, I think. Not, not even one. Yeah, and maybe. So there, there's some really young ones in the family that are going to be a close age to Janet's, you know, future baby. So... Exciting times for them all. I hope the paparazzi sort of give Janet her space and give the family privacy. Um, we saw the sort of media craziness that ensued over Michael's children when they were born and, and then growing up as well, actually. So, you know, back off media and like let kids be kids. Like it, it sort of makes me feel very uncomfortable seeing the attention that like Beyonce's kids get and things yeah. like that. It depends where they live as well. Like, because Janet's kind of based primarily in the Middle East with her husband, Wissam, they will have a little bit more privacy there. That's why Michael moved to Bahrain after his criminal trial to get a lot of privacy 
and he achieved that. So yeah, it's kind true. of good where they're going to be based. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you, though, 100%. Give the lady her privacy and time to be a, a mom, and everything will be great. God willing, um, I hope that Catherine and Joe are in good health and continue for a few more years so that they get to enjoy some time with the new Jackson from Janet and Wissam. I think that would be really beautiful. Yeah, I think they will. Imagine if it's twins. Oh, that'd be cool. Oh, my God. Well, (laughs) twins are in the family. Yeah. Actually. So Catherine had twins. That's right. And it generally skips a generation. So who would have twins then? Let me figure this out. So Catherine is, say, generation one, and then her kids are generation two. So that, okay, so maybe... So like my, my my mum had my mum is a twin. Oh. Yeah. She didn't have twins, but then my sister had twins. So mum's grandkids, there's twins in it. So somewhere somewhere in um Catherine's grandkids there'll be twins. What's all that thumping? Probably me. You've made me do this new microphone thing and now you hear everything. <laughs> That's a pen on paper. That was like so loud. Sorry. You hear everything now. You wanted me to do this new thing, but now I have to sit like this tiny, naughty school kid and not move. And even the chair creaks when I move, so I'm trying to be super still for you. Okay, sorry. Anyway, back on track. So, yeah, I don't think it'll be a twin, but you never know. Who knows? It's exciting nonetheless. It is. How exciting, especially for like, you know, um, the cousins as well. Like new cousins. New cousins on the way. It's so cool. And, you know, I think this this kid is going to be born into like a really, really exciting time period in the the family because there's so much going on. Like we know that um, they're planning something big. I don't know what it is, but Prince Jackson's always putting out these cryptic tweets and (laughs) about something big that the family's planning and doing Taj Jackson put out something again the other day saying there's a big thing happening in the family that they're excited to be a part of even bigger than their reality show that they put out well is this it I don't know did they know did they know and this is it is this what they're talking about no I don't think it is because they because Prince has said things like he's excited to have worked with so many amazing people and stuff like that so I think it's an actual production of some kind. And then Prince started his own sort of like production company recently as well. I actually think they're planning, if I had to guess, I'm guessing they are planning a totally new whole family encompassing reality show of some kind. Not just the three T guys, but like a Jackson's reality show about all of them doing something. And uh, it's it sounds like whatever it is, it's going to be big. And Janet's having her child like right at this really exciting time for the whole family. So I don't know if that will be included in whatever they're planning. But it's, yeah, exciting to see what's coming. Hmm. Well, actually, when we had Taj on the show, he told us that something was in the works for this year. That's all he would say, though. It's all very cryptic. I mean, maybe it's the Jacksons recording a new album. Like a, the story around that. Who knows what it is? But they're all working on individual music projects. Like, you know, so there's so many stories that could be told. That's true. That's true. But Maybe like, you know what I would love to see? I, w- I would like to see 
a like a, a a show, like a not not a touring show, maybe, but like a once off live show with like all the Jackson family members there performing in some capacity, like Three T, the Jacksons, Janet, all of them. A part two of Jackson Family Honors. Pretty much Jackson Family Honors, but I would like it to be like like a more of a like a stadium show type thing, like an actual music concert, but just all the Jackson family members doing their thing live. I reckon that'd be so kick-ass to see. That would be kick-ass to see. I think anything would actually be kick-ass to see. So, <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> They're all so great. Mm. Well, you know, especially if Tito gets Tito time out this year, add that to the mix. They've all got new music, all of them. So they totally could pull off a show with lots of new stuff. Yeah, Tito time. I can't wait. Janet time. Can't wait. <laughs> It's all happening. Oh, my God. How, how did you guys out there feel about Janet's announcement? Were you super excited? Let us know. Send us an email. Send us some tweets, Facebook comments. Be really cool to hear. You probably weren't really a big MJ fan back when MJ announced he was having kids, hey? Um, No. Like, I, I only really became a full-on mega fan um, in 2001 after 30th anniversary show. So, he'd already had kids by that point. He hadn't had Blanket by then. But no, that that whole period was like kind of I knew about him and appreciated him and loved his some of his music, but I wasn't following day to day what was going on. So what was it like, like for, it you, was for you as a fan? Huge news! Like it was really, 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 really big news when the news came out that Debbie was expecting Michael's first kid, which was Prince. So yeah, it was huge news, and it was. Back then, for me anyway, it wasn't on the internet or anything, but just like it was so positive and so happy because for us, it was we knew how much it meant for Michael. That was his dream to have kids. So it was, um, yeah, just massive, massive, massive like relief and happiness for Michael that his dream was coming true. Yeah, it would have been a totally special time. I know some of the interviews that he did around that time are, are fascinating. I think he did one with Diane Sawyer, which is one of my favorite interviews of Michael ever. And he's talking all about the um, attention he got from the media and how like intense it was, like the literal helicopters flying around his hospital and stuff like that when Debbie Rowe was giving birth. It just must have been such an intense period of time. Um with the you know the paparazzi trying to get as much information and footage as they could to sell it, oh god, it would have been such a frenzy. Yeah, the paparazzi were going totally, totally crazy over it all. Hopefully, you know things are a bit different now because so many celebrities are out there with their their babies and stuff. So, and his kids have grown up to be such amazing, amazing people. Happy birthday, Paris! Eighteenth birthday. Welcome to adulthood. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Just the other day, I think it was like, I can't remember, like a week ago or something like that. Paris Jackson turned 18. Congratulations. I, I know. <laughs> Way to make us feel old. Yeah, that's what <laughs> Char- Charlie Thompson texted me and was like, oh my God, I feel so old right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was awesome. So congratulations to Paris on your 18th birthday. I like her um, tattoo that she got. Did you see it? It's like a low No, spell. I didn't see it. It's, it's so nice. If you jump on her Instagram account, I think it's either at Paris Jackson or her second account. She's got a um like a lotus flower tattoo on her the inner side of her wrist and it's a uh, tribute tattoo to her grandma Catherine. And oh. it's 
absolutely beautiful. I'm not I'm not like such a big tattoo guy, like, but when they're done really well, I really appreciate them, and this is a beautiful one. Nice. Delighted to have with us one of America's youngest institutions. Five of our very favorite people who in fact are doing us the honor of letting us celebrate with them their tenth anniversary in show business. A great welcome, gang, for the Jacksons. So if you remember these songs, I never can say goodbye. Don't make the pain. I never can say goodbye. Even though the pain and heartaches seem to follow me wherever I go. This is Janneke, and you're listening to the MJ Cast. If you're after a leading magazine on all things Michael Jackson and the Jackson family, check out Jackson Source. Jackson Source publishes Jackson Magazine annually, and it offers a full retrospect of the previous year covering all the news, highlights, and events of the first and next generation of Jacksons in the form of articles, interviews, photos, categories, and exclusive contributions from Jackson family members. Jackson Magazine is now available and features articles about the message in Michael's music, the legacy of the Jackson 5, exclusive interviews with Tito, Jermaine, Taj, Terrell and TJ, as well as exclusive pictures of Tito, Jermaine, Jafar and Your Majesty, and loads more. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at JacksonSource. Thank you. Thank you. Another thing I just want to kind of mention is uh, Genevieve Jackson, Randy Jackson's daughter, has put out uh, a few. It was actually you know a couple of months ago now, but I thought I'd mention it. Never, uh, it's never too late. She's launched a movement called EIGBO, which stands for Everything Is Gonna Be Okay, uh, and this is a really special, amazing social movement that you guys need to be aware of if you're not aware already. Uh, you can go to the website, eigbo.com, to learn more about it. But essentially what it is, is it's, it's a really simple concept and idea. The whole concept of it is to bring positivity 
to people and to make people smile and to make them happy and to share love and happiness. It couldn't really be more simple. And uh, part of the way that she's getting this movement out there and happening is by starting kind of like a, I guess, a fashion collection. And the first item in this fashion collection is a beautiful, simple um, kind of like a pullover coat, I guess, like a like a jumper. And it says smile on it in a beautiful, simple typeface uh, and E-I-G-B-O uh, characters just underneath that as well. It looks simple and stunning and totally makes me smile every time I see it. So make sure you go to EIGBO.com and even follow her accounts on Twitter and Instagram. We'll link to them in the show notes. Be a part of the EIGBO movement. Bring happiness to other people around you and check out this awesome fashion line. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I remember when um, she launched that. It was really like I love when there's like positivity and stuff out there. Yeah, and she does such a cool thing where um, people all around the world, like fans of the Jackson family or anyone really, can submit to her via email stories of times when they've been going through hardship and how they came out of that and reached a more positive place. And then she shares those stories and pictures of people telling them wearing the um, smile jumper with the EIGBO logo on it, which looks amazing. There's, it's only for women. <laughs> I wish there was like a men's line, but yeah, it looks like at this point there's only a, a women's section to the website, but hopefully it expands out later and becomes a little bit more broad, but very, very cool. I've actually got the Twitter handles here if you'd like. So uh, yeah. on, on Twitter, it's E-I-G-B-O movement. So at E-I-G-B-O movement and Genevieve's uh, Twitter handle is at Jen Jackson, G-E-N-J-A-X-N. Yeah, it's a really good cause and, yeah, very classy. I uh, also thought probably a good time we could bring attention to Tarrell, TJ and Taj, uh, their foundation and their current uh, work that they're doing for the their foundation that they actually announced in the Jackson's Next Generation TV show. They are raising for grieving children. So the, the foundation is at DDJ Foundation. At the moment, they are raising $61,000 for kids in need and for grieving children. Uh, it's the DDJ Foundation is an amazing foundation that I believe money from their last album went towards as well. Is that correct? So they did like a little a little EP for it. That's right. There was um, proceeds from one of their songs that came out preceding the album went to that cause. I think, what song was it? The Power of Love, maybe? Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, yeah, great song. Such a good song. So, yeah, head over and support the the 3T boys with their foundation and raising money for kids in need as well. So that is the at DDJ Foundation. And from there, you'll be able to find uh, the website and everything else. We'll also have those links in the show notes. It's so amazing that the Jackson family, that's continuously, you know, doing good things and and raising money for others and for worthy causes like there's such an inspiration that we can really get behind and support absolutely it's it's awesome to see that so many of the younger generation not only are taking up the torch with art but they're also taking up the torch with giving back and it's a very special thing to see you know the legacy of the jackson family is twofold of course they've got their amazing artistic and musical legacy but they're a family that doesn't stop striving to make the world a better place. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So there you go. Those links will all be in the show notes. So yeah, wrapping up. Congratulations, Janet and Wissam. We really wish you all the best. Absolutely. (laughs) It's very special.
So finds of the week. Uh, I, I might kick finds of the week off with mine because uh, it's a Janet one. <laughs> nice segue, brother. <laughs> and <laughs> it is a really cool EP that I love. It's actually called the All Night Don't Stop EP. And Janet's one of those artists that not only releases great singles and albums, but every once in a while she will drop an EP that expands on some of the singles that she puts out. So if you remember back in 2004, there was the album Demeter Joe, and one of my favorite Janet albums from the later sort of period in her music. And there was a song in it called All Night Don't Stop. Really, really funky sort of club banger of a song. I love it. And this EP that she put out has uh, five tracks on it, including the original All Night Don't Stop. But um, it also has the Kanye West produced I Want You, which is one of my favorite Janet songs ever. Uh, Beautiful video for that one, too, if you haven't seen it. And a couple of remixes, All Night Don't Stop, Sander Kleinenberg's radio mix, and I Want You, Ray Rock radio mix. But the gem on this EP is track three, which is a song called Put Your Hands On. Now, this is not a song that Janet put out on any of her albums. It is a totally rare song um, that is so funky. It's like future funk, retro, disco amazingness. And it's going to get you moving. It's going to get you happy. It is such an amazing piece of R&B. You need to check it out. So grab the $4.99 All Night Don't Stop EP from iTunes or wherever you want to get it. But pay special attention to the rare Janet song, Put Your Hands On. And I'd love to hear what you guys think about it. So um, tweet us at Twitter, at the MJCast. I really want to hear what your thoughts are on this song. It's rare and awesome and one of my favorite Janet ones ever. Q, do you recall Put Your Hands On? No, I've actually just, as you were talking, I was going through my uh, music on iTunes thinking, well, have I actually already got this? Because I was like, okay, well, some of these things look familiar, but actually I don't have this. So I'll be getting this today as well. Yeah, I can't wait to hear your thoughts. It's so funky. It's like a total B-side, rare sort of went under the radar song, but instantly when I heard it, one of my favorite Janet songs ever. And she's done this a few times. She's got other EPs as well. Like there's a great remix album that came out after the Janet period album called I think it's Janet remixed or something like that and that one's got really really cool b-side style material as well on it that she hadn't released before so she she really gives to her fans in a, in a lot of interesting ways what was the cover of that album the remix one yeah uh it's kind of like an interesting take on the Janet period cover I think it's oh. kind of got the same photo but then a set of other photos down the side from memory. Hang on, I'm just going to my Janet collection in iTunes now. I think I know it, and I think I always regret never getting it. Oh, okay. So what it is, the cover of Janet Remix is a... It's the the famous photo of her on the Janet period album cover, but it's (laughs) focusing in on her chest area, and she's covering up, you know, her her boobs. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god, how embarrassing. And she's kind of tilted the photo to the left and it's um sideways. And then on the right-hand side of the the cover, it's got a beautiful set of images uh one after the other scrolling down the sort of the right side. But yeah, I don't have this remix album. Um we'll put a 
uh, any additional links in the show notes, we'll have a link for this. And Jamin, if you could link me on iTunes as well, because I'll probably get that as well today. Because, yeah, that's the CD that I remember seeing when I was quite young in the shops, and I regret never getting it. You can probably still find it on eBay. Maybe. Like a million dollars. <laughs> Maybe. Well, yeah. It, but if it's on iTunes, that would be cool. What's your find? Okay, so my find of the week uh, was a little article thing that I read over at the Michael Jackson World Network at mjworld.net. And it is a special request for a sick MJ fan. So there is a fan in Scotland and his name is Scott. He lives in Kirkintilloch in Scotland uh, and... He is a massive, massive Michael fan and very, like, just like us, when Michael passed, he was absolutely devastated. Uh, Scott is a special needs guy. um, And then they also recently found out that uh, he's been diagnosed with cancer. And he's he's young. He's only 36 and prognosis is good, but he's going to have uh, chemo coming up of about four sessions and, and people that have gone through chemo or have had friends that have gone through chemo, it can make people very, very sick. So to help with this process, his uncle, who's over in uh, South Carolina in the USA, his name's uh, Scotty Ason, he's asked that if we could send love and support to Scott Devlin over in Scotland to help him through this time. Um, So basically just uh, if we could get the story out of Scott over in Scotland in the hope that Michael fans um, could send his nephew a card. He asked, um, told us that it would mean the world to him and he knows that it would help his recovery. Therefore, if any fans that would love to help Scott feel better and get through this chemotherapy process and and to beat this. Uh, if they could, if we could all get together and share some MJ love, if they can send him a card, a picture, a collage, a message, whatever that will make him feel better and to help him. The address is Mr. Scott Devlin, seven Burnbrae, which is B U R N B R A E. Waterside, Kirkintilloch, K-I-R-K-I-N-T-I-L-L-O-C-H in Scotland, G663NL-UK. So we're also going to put the link to this article and we'll put the address in the show notes. And this is for Scott Devlin. So send him a card, guys. I think this is something so simple that we can all do for this huge MJ fan. And he looks like such a nice guy. And we have all been in those moments where we just didn't want to feel alone or we might be afraid of something that's going to be happening soon. But we can all like put our hands out and, yeah, send him some MJ love. I think this is such a simple thing that we can all get behind. This is exactly what Michael talked about when he was alive. His message was simple. His message was love. This is an opportunity where we as a fan community to come can come together and just shower love over this guy who's about to go through something really serious. And he's going to be he's going to be great. The prognosis is awesome and everyone's really hopeful and that's awesome, but it doesn't stop the fact that he's going to be going through something really tough. 
and he loves Michael and we love Michael. So let's all band together and send him some stuff in, in the mail. I already know some couple of things I'm going to send him, which should make him pretty happy. But <laughs> nice. <laughs> we'll, uh, yeah, we're. I mean, all of us, have, we all know people that have gone through cancer. It's a horrible, horrible thing to to have and it's debilitating in a lot of ways. And nobody wants to see anybody we know or love go through that. And the least we can do for somebody who's um, who's got cancer is to surround them with love because, you know, that's the, the, all that's going to... Surrounding them with love is going to help them in their recovery. Absolutely. For sure. So, yeah, that was my find of the week. So, uh, thanks to mjworld.net as well for popping that message out there. So, yeah. Cool. Another, we talked before about Paris Jackson's birthday and somebody else specials had a birthday too recently. That's right. Congratulations again to Paris Jackson for her 18th. But today is also one of our biggest listeners, fans, I guess. I don't know what to call our listeners. <laughs> like, I'm just going to say listeners, but one of our, listeners, definitely yeah. our biggest supporter for sure. And our biggest promo person just off her own bat, like promos us so much and I can tell you right now exactly what she'll be doing. Live tweeting. As we are, she's like live tweeting hashtag Carly's birthday. <laughs> but of course we are talking about at MJ is my golden boy, Carly. Happy birthday. Here is your shout out. Happy birthday. <laughs> Such an awesome little song there. I love hearing Michael Jackson's uh, Lisa, It's Your Birthday, the Simpsons song. So (laughs) happy birthday, Carly. I hope you have an amazing day with family and friends. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for everything you do for the MJ cast. Deeply appreciated. We love that you love our show. Yeah, like seriously, Carly shares our new episodes three times a day, every day. (laughs) She shares the morning. She goes, here's the morning share. And then here's the afternoon share and here's the night share every single day. Like 
God bless people in her Twitter timeline because they'll be like, oh, my God, I've already listened to the episode. But, yeah, like no one promos our show and shares and gets the word out there as much as Carly does. So, yeah, we really appreciate it. Um, I know Carly is over on the is it MJJ Ultimate fan forum. forum? Yes. So that's a forum that Carly, I think, uh, helps moderate and and looks after as well, which is amazing. That's, I think, was it four years MJJ Ultimate just had their four-year anniversary recently. So congratulations to you guys over there as well. Carly does a great thing there with, um, she actually has a thread on the MJ cast that she keeps up to date with episodes and commentary um, around our show. And I think that's really, really cool. Q, you and I really aren't on Michael Jackson forums anymore. We kind of stick to social media now. We used we, to be big we time. We used to be. Remember, we were, um, um, was it Maximum Jackson? Maximum Jackson. What was the one before that? Was it Club MJ? I wasn't on that oh, one so okay. much. I was on um, Max Jacks, and before that, I was on what MJJC was before MJJC when it was MJJF. Yes, I was there as well. Yep. I was there and um, I was on a couple of others before that that I can't really remember now. Like MJEOL. Really I was never on that one. That was a beautiful one. I always loved the graphics and the people in that one. That was a good one. We know forums are still out there and we know that people love their Michael Jackson fan forums. So if you're a hardcore forum user and you love the MJ cast, why not think about starting a Michael Jackson podcasts thread on uh, one of the forums you're on and just populating it with the latest episodes of, of either us or Moonwalk Talks or The Dream Lives On. Uh, I, I think that'd be a really cool thing for the different forums out there. But anyway, just an yeah. idea. And if that is already happening, let us know because we only really know of the MJJ Ultimate one where people yeah. are sort of discussing and sharing the show. So, yeah, if you actually are in a forum and there's already a thread let us know, send us a link or show us a screen cap because, yeah, that's really cool and we really appreciate it very much and quite happy to get the word out of um, forums that are sort of talking about us as well. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, we got a couple of thank yous, haven't we? We sure do. Uh, let me just have a look at those. On Facebook, Azza, Ewan Turner, Jerome Horn. And Julie Windsor as well. I want to say a special thank you to Julie. I've really enjoyed our interactions lately on social media. I love your thoughts uh, that you posted around Janet on uh, your recent Facebook post uh, on our page. So thank you, Julie, for your interactions. And I'm going to give out a shout out to Karen O'Halloran of MJ Book Club. Um, So, yeah, this afternoon. So it'll be after today that you guys listen to the show that have been at MJ Book Club. And, of course, I'll be talking about the MJ cast over there and spreading the word and showing how easy it is to subscribe. But uh, Karen, I just, yeah, really, really appreciate you putting this together. Um, I think it's an incredible thing. I think it's an inspiration and it should be an inspiration to other people out there that it's so easy to buy some soft drink and some chips and make a little event on Facebook, find a place to do it. Hey, come on over at this date, this time, MJ book club, you know, how easy is that? Let's talk about these awesome MJ things and watch some MJ videos. It's such an easy thing to do. And I think that, um, yeah, I'm just so excited for this afternoon. It's going to be cool. I have no idea what I'm going to wear. But, yeah, thank you. If you're a listener in Australia, definitely connect with at MJ Book Club on Twitter. Get involved in these events because, like you said, you just turn up. Uh, bring some MJ books, have a chat with the other people there about Michael and discuss 
information about him. It's a pretty cool little social network to be a part of. So Totally. I also want to thank Karen Merckx and Elizabeth Amasu. Uh, you guys are amazing. I'm loving what you're doing at the Dream Lives On MJ podcast. Of course, we're not the only Michael Jackson podcast. There's Moonwalk Talks by Jenkins as well. And an incredible newer show uh, – by Karen and Elizabeth called The Dream Lives On, uh, which is a part of the Michael Jackson Academia Studies sort of network. They are doing an incredible, incredible job. Uh, Their latest episode is so awesome. It was hands down my favorite MJAS, The Dream Lives On podcast so far. It was an exploration into the Spike Lee documentary, Michael Jackson's Journey from Motown to Off the Wall. They do a great job analyzing it and breaking it down, discussing the value of the documentary itself. Uh, make sure you check these guys out. They're incredible. Yeah, I really enjoyed the show as well. I have got to catch up on the newest one, but thanks for the shout out to us. That was a really, yeah. that's so weird that people give us a <laughs> shout out. It's like, what? Q and Javen, that's me. That's crazy. But I yeah. Know. And, you know, these different podcasts out there, like we've all got, something very different and different opinions as well. I know the ladies over at um, The Dream Lives On uh, as part of the MJAS, they have some very different opinions to me and that's fine. I'm not going to be, you know, someone who's negative and, and against that because everyone has different opinions on things. I think we all got different viewpoints on our love of Michael and how things are happening and things like that. But I really respect yeah. what they're doing and um yeah i'm love listening to the show so great job ladies and just lastly a little thank you from the email we got one email after episode 27 that was from david manley thank you david uh, for your awesome email i've got some notes that uh, i've taken to reply to your email so when i get a chance i will send an email back but thank you for listening and thank you for your email
So during the episode, uh, the tracks that we've played today have been Michael Jackson versus Coldplay. Remember the Clocks, that's over on YouTube, and a link will be in the show notes. We also played Janet Jackson, the Escapade North Shore Remix by our favorite remix artist, the awesome Remixed by Nick. And also the Enjoy 10th Anniversary Extended Remix by Kirk P. Newton, which we found over on SoundCloud. Links to all of these will be in the show notes. So there we go. That's episode 28 of the MJ Cast. Of course, if you want to find out more about us, you can go to www.themjcast.com. You can find us on iTunes. If you search the MJ Cast in the podcast directory, make sure you subscribe to us because you're going to get all the latest shows straight away when we put them up on the internet. There's no delay at all. And they download to your device uh, ready for you to listen to and pause and get back to whenever you want. Uh, speaking of listening to the MJ Cast as a podcast, you can also find us on the Stitcher podcast app. So just download Stitcher on your device and search the MJ Cast just like you would in iTunes. What are some of the Android podcast apps that people can use? Well, Stitch is one of them. Stitch is the most popular non-Apple podcast app that's out there. But there's also another one called Pocket Casts, which is really good. From what I understand, Pocket Casts is pretty much the best Android one, except it does cost a couple of dollars to buy. There's also some free ones out there that I can't really remember. But if you click on the mjcast.com, there's a little up in the top right, there's a link that says subscribe on Android. Just uh, follow that link and it gives you a lot of options of all the different apps you can get. There's heaps and heaps of apps to choose from to to download the MJ Cast too. One of the favorite things I think for you, and, and I know that I really love it, is when people tell us how they listen to the show. Like, oh, I love it. Yeah. It, it just, it gives me such a kick. Like, honestly, the, the coolest thing that you could do, I reckon, for us is um, send us like a picture. Like, just take a little photo on your phone of you listening to the MJ cast in whatever way you listen to it. You might be jogging out on the road and you, you've got the MJ cast on your iPhone. Don't jog on the road, jog on the footpath. Jog on the footpath, be safe. <laughs> you might be sitting at home streaming it through iTunes on your on your big speakers or listening in the car. Like whatever you do, just send us a photo of how you listen to the MJ cast. Hashtag the MJ cast. We'll be sure to retweet it. But I love hearing from people about how they engage with our show. There's so many different ways that people... Listen to it. Some people, we get emails from people who go on like one or two hour commutes every day on the train, or they might they might fly and they listen to the MJ cast. We love hearing stories about how we keep people sort of entertained while they're traveling and commuting. So my picture would be pretty boring. It's just doing housework is generally when I listen to podcasts. I listen to our show sometimes um, on massive, like my big, you know, TV speakers 
um, in my living room. I stream oh. us on the podcast app on the Apple TV. God, I can't um, imagine anything worse than hearing my voice across giant <laughs> speakers. How embarrassing. Now our listeners know that I listen to our own show sometimes. I listen to our own show every week. Really? Me too, actually. Well, I listen to it once when I'm editing it, and then I listen to it again later um, just to... Yeah, I don't know. Kind of to critique it more than anything. Not, not that it'd be kind of weird if I was listening to it to entertain myself, but I listen to it to, you know, pick up anything we might could do better next time. So, and like when we have other people on the show, I like hearing what they have to say again because oh, specials. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But um, you can let us know about where you listen and what app you're using and and things like that and any feedback that you can send us. We're on Facebook. Find us by searching for The MJ Cast, and we are at facebook.com slash The MJ Cast. At Twitter, our handle is at The MJ Cast, and twitter.com slash The MJ Cast. We are over on Instagram as The MJ Cast, all one word. We're on Tumblr. You can find us at themjcast.tumblr.com. We are also over on Reddit in the Michael Jackson feed. Is that how I sort of describe Reddit? No, they're called subreddits. So we post all <laughs> okay. of our new shows in the Michael Jackson subreddit. So if you're a redditor and we know you're out there, make sure you jump on, um, you know, the Michael Jackson subreddit. Vote up our episodes because we love them being on the front page of the subreddit. And comment on it. I guess that's another thing with Reddit is actually talking about it. Yeah, you can talk about the show and interact with other listeners. That's a great place, actually. If you're if you're a Michael Jackson fan, well, obviously anyone listening to this show is a Michael Jackson fan. But uh, if you want to engage with the latest Michael Jackson stuff, uh, Reddit, the Michael Jackson subreddit is totally kick-ass. All of the news stories that you would see posted in a forum get put there. And you get Michael Jackson fans commenting on them, but also sometimes just regular Reddit users will jump on there and, and comment on the different stories. So it's very interesting. Um, people could also find us over on YouTube. We did another little Thug Life video this week, which was such a good one. Thank you for that, Jamin. So that's youtube.com slash plus the MJ cast as the web link. And of course, emails. We love them. We love reading them. Uh, and you can reach us at the MJ cast at iCloud.com. Look forward to hearing from all of you listening. Thank you so much. Another thing you can do if you really want to help promote the MJ cast is simply by jumping on iTunes and rating and reviewing us. This helps a lot with getting our show uh, kind of visible in the, in the iTunes platform. So just jump on there, give us a review, please five stars if you like us, and just write in the, uh, the comment what you appreciate about the show. That would be super, super helpful. And retweet. Retweet. Stop just liking and actually press retweet. It doesn't take any more effort and it spreads the word. And even even Jackson's retweet our stuff. I saw TJ Jackson retweeted something from you just a few hours ago. So there you go. Even Jackson's do it. So please share us. Well, I'm going to say goodbye because I've got to go figure out what I'm going to wear to the MJ Book Club at the uh, Perth Library. So thanks for listening, everyone. This is Q signing off. End of line and Michael on. Hope you guys have a great fortnight ahead. Make sure to keep Michaeling.
So I um, remember I, we were putting those pictures of my bedroom up as a teenager and like all those people were sharing and then we got those people that sent us the pictures. Did you have Michael pictures and posters up on your walls? Uh, I only had, I did definitely have some. Uh, I had one of Michael in um, his beat it jacket. I had all of sort of like the number ones album covers sort of printed out in larger size and I put all of those around my room. But mainly like my room was because I was always a big fan of lots and lots of artists and movies and Star Wars and all kind of different stuff. So I, my room was covered in everything I kind of liked, not just Michael, but I definitely did have quite a lot of Michael stuff around as well. But your room was like next level MJ central. <laughs> uh, there were still gaps between the posters, but yeah. sort of like <laughs> a millimeter here or there. <laughs> no, a couple of centimeters, but yeah. And I had that big um, foamy. I, I never knew what to call it. It was that big, tall thing made of styrofoam. And it had like Michael Jackson on each side, like in foam letters and then the like, poster bad era things. So I don't even know if someone gave that to me as a gift and I don't really know where it came from. I'm guessing it was some sort of promo thing um, that they would have had in record stores. Yeah. So I've still got that in the garage. I have no idea what to do with half of this giant stuff. Like I've got standees and shelving units from... Um, record stores like when albums came out i've got a ginormous history one which is like cardboard stone pillars on each (laughs) side Uh, and then like a thing across the top um and then like this big giant box like a meter and a bit high with these like uh i guess nine cd slots on this sort of angled shelving unit and i've well i would love to set it up but it just takes up so much room what at what point in your life did you stop decorating your entire room with Michael stuff? Like that that must have been a hard moment. It was like I can't do this anymore. Like <laughs> No, it was well I had when I moved out, I guess, I took everything off the walls and then mum obviously had to repaint the walls because of blue tack taking <laughs> You destroyed them <laughs> pretty much. Um, which was always her warning. Um, my posters were in pretty good nick. I always used to put sticky tape on the corners on the back of the posters so that the oils from the blue tack would not damage the front of the poster. Yeah. Um, and I think I still have like all these posters rolled up in big post packs. Um, when I first moved out, I some things I've got are really big cardboard MJ pieces and they would end up like I was bringing them with me and they'd end up like behind my bed head. So it looked like I had like this big sort of Michael bedhead of the dangerous album cover oh, wow. or something like that. I remember another house, it used to be on top of, there were these like 12 foot ceilings in this old cottage house I lived in. And I had this huge dangerous album cover of cardboard sort of put onto wood. And it's not in very good Nick. Um, Cause it was actually came from Paul Black and it had been, damaged from so many moving houses and stuff like that. Um, and that was on top of like a big wardrobe unit. Um, but I also had some Disney stuff. I had a big Buzz Lightyear cardboard oh. thing from a display as well. So yeah, I guess as I moved on and then then started sharing houses with people and moved in with people, then you sort of can't decorate everything as MJ. That's why at the moment it's all sort of, what stuff I have got is basically like framed magazine covers, like or actual magazines like Lumo Vogue, um, Life and things like that. They're framed and they're in my library now. 
and at the next house I'll like probably hang those on the wall because they'll be our walls. Dude, what would the hubs do if you came home and you redecorated the bedroom like you had when you were a teenager? Burn it down. <laughs> Burn it down, pretty much. <laughs> so Yeah, I think I'd be in that position as well. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't even risk it. No. Would not even risk it. So, so yeah, I was going to say something else and I've completely forgotten what it was about. Um, I don't know if it was about the foamy or something. No, I don't know. I've got, yeah, so many things I do want to hang up on the walls. I want to get some more Michael memorabilia for sure. I got some cool stuff, but nothing for the walls. Like I've got a lot of, um, like I got like an official bad tour program from the late 80s from the Australian League of the Bad Tour. I've got things like that that you can look at and read and go through, but I've gotten, I don't have really stuff for the walls. I, I love the idea of having original posters from the, you know, like uh, promoted Michael Jackson albums framed yeah. on walls. Like I want, I would love to have a sort of like a, a dangerous album poster. That'd be oh cool. Oh my God. Yes. Something like that. I, I, one day when I have like a, when I move houses back to Brisbane, I'm going to have our recording studio. My, I'm going to build like um my sort of like home office slash recording studio. I want to have, an album poster for every album Michael released. That'd be cool. That would be really cool. Yeah, I never had a Dangerous album cover poster. That would be awesome. I'd love to have it so, like, when we're recording, maybe if we do video one day, like we do video podcasts, I could have that in the background. So, like, I'm talking and then the camera's capturing me and then behind that is, like, all of Michael's albums. Something like that. I'm so terrified of your plans for video podcast because... I do not want to be on video. Why? It's so cool. It's like, not cool at all. Like the camera angle, where would I put the goddamn camera to get a decent angle? Just directly and- in front of your face. No, like, just that's not a good you. angle at all. I don't know. Double chin okay. central. Like you need proper <laughs> lighting. And then I would actually have to spend time doing my hair and picking what outfit I'm going to wear. So basically you're going to just... Try and get Karen Faye and Michael Bush on board to <laughs> style you before every show. Kick Michael Bush in the shin. <laughs> I will, Michael fake signature Bush. I will laser hoe his ass. <laughs> Far out. So, were you super excited about the Rogue One? Oh, dude, I'm so pumped. I love Star Wars, and this looks great because I love Star Wars content that's set during the original trilogy. Um, time period, like episode four to six. So this looks awesome. And it's so cool that it's got another female lead character. Uh, just, yeah, it looks great. I can't wait to see it. It doesn't have like, it doesn't seem like it has a lot of stuff in there, like to do with the force and um, all of that kind of mystical side of Star Wars. This seems to be a lot more like a military driven story or plot around the people who stole the plans for that first Death Star in episode four. So uh, I know it's directed by um, the guys who did Black Hawk Down, which is a great military film. So, uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a good war action movie. And I can't wait to see the first anthology film in the Star Wars franchise. Are you excited for it? Very, yeah. I love like these sort of period pieces. Like when they did Captain America, the first Avenger, that is like a period piece. It's an old war story. Like yes. back back from the war days, like early, you know, like um, when was it like 1900s America when they were doing sort of Stark was doing experiments and stuff like that. And it was a terrific 
period piece, the same as Agent Carter, an mm. incredible series, Marvel series. It's a period piece set in like olden days New York, um, like 40s, and then over in Los Angeles for second season. So I love when they do these sort of period pieces. And this is like a period piece back in the Star Wars history. So no, the, the trailer looked awesome. And that's probably where I'll stop watching the trailers now. Because I- yeah, they they put way too much out for the Force Awakens. I watched all the trailers for that one, and I when I saw the movie, like there were still some surprises in it, but pretty much I knew where the story was going because I'd seen all the trailers. They release way too much now. Yeah, I watch maybe the first one or two, and then I stop. Like for Batman versus Superman, I stopped watching, and thank God because they really ruined pretty much most of the movie in the trailers like and then every trailer was done so differently it's like again make up your mind about what the hell you want this film to be star wars doesn't even need to do that i don't understand it's such an amazing franchise that's going to sell itself all they need to do is put out like a short teaser and people are going to go see it and word of mouth is going to spread because it's star wars they don't need to do that but anyway imagine i guess that's back in olden days like seeing trailers for moonwalker and stuff Holy crap. That would have been I've never seen a Moonwalker trailer. Yeah. I remember seeing the This Is It trailer in the cinema and, oh man. That was a good trailer was, actually. It was well put It was together. really good. It was mm. in some ways better than the movie. Yeah. But the movie, like, you know, I, we both have the same kind of thoughts on This Is It. I can't actually watch it these days. No, me either. I won't watch it anymore. Um, but in saying that, there were some cool things about it. Like hearing the music from the This Is It rehearsals on cinema speakers, hearing the the wannabe starting something baseline in that like level of volume. Oh man, there's nothing that compares. That was so good. I really hope we see Michael in the cinema again one day. Maybe like a, a tour or documentary sort of release in the cinema would be awesome. Maybe with some you know less talking heads. But uh. yeah, <laughs> I think like because I got to see the Dangerous concert Bookrest um, at, at MJ fifty sort of cinema screening a few years ago and that was really awesome it was just pretty much the dvd that they played yeah but seeing it on the big screen was awesome ghosts re-release one day high definition oh that would be so good like just every halloween they should be doing stuff like that in the cinema like a thriller and ghosts combo sort of feel that totally needs to be a michael jackson halloween special cinema event yes yes one day 